We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday night, 6.20 at 6.02, 6.03 Mountain Time. It means it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am your host, Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, on these Tuesday evening shows, Carl Dummler. Carl, how you doing out there? How are things out there in the uh, the greater the greater plains? <laughs> things are good, man. We had... Uh... Two inch rain the other night. That, wow. yeah, it was kind of crazy. Uh, lightning struck the ground, whole house like the whole house was shaking. People had pictures falling off their walls, and you know how it is out in the Midwest. You never know what's going to happen. My wife was driving through snow last week. Lightning hail this week. You know, it just uh, it, it's getting biblical here. But uh, but no, it's it's been a lot of fun. We had a big car show this last week. Lots of cool cars coming in. Lots of good food and. Got some sun, if you can't tell. Got a little yeah. little reddish tint to myself tonight. So if you want to, I guess Oompa Loompas are orange, so I can't call me that. But uh, but no, it, it's good. Got some golf in. Like I said, it, it's fun to be in the summer. I, yeah. I can't wait for football, but at the same time, there's still a lot of things to do out in the summer. I had a guy ask me the other day when minicamp got over, and he's like, what do we do now? And I was like, go outside. Yep. <laughs> Go enjoy yourself. Go find a trail. Yeah. Go do something outside. Family boating. I mean, uh, although I've never lived in the south, and I think the summer sounds pretty hellscapish sometimes in the summer, or down in the south. So uh, can't can't subscribe to that. But uh, out here Pacific Northwest, enjoying myself. Parents land here on uh, Wednesday evening, so excited Ooh. to see them. Haven't seen them in a year, so uh, it'll be good. And uh, let's say hello to some people in here talking about family. We got Dominique Martin in the house. Hey, Broncos family, just checking in. I'll catch the podcast when I get to work later. That's what we like, Dominique. Uh, that way you can do it uh, double time, right? I always listen to podcasts while I'm working, too. So uh, as long as I'm not doing any anything that requires my attention too much. Uh, but he says, MHH for life, as always. Thank you so much, Dominique. Mike S. is in the house saying, what's up, Nick, Carl, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos Country? Good to see you, Mike S. Dylan Von Ark's in the house saying, sup, Broncos Country? Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you so much, Dylan. We got our guy Kevin Gray in here saying, Evening Broncos Country, Nick, Carl, and Scott. Big mile high salute to Broncos Country. I heard a rumor I don't think it would happen. Uh, Washington's middle defensive line, what do you think? So he must be talking about Deron Payne, right? He, I know he was uh, tagged uh, 
maybe there was a rumor that he might be shipped off or something. And that's, that's gotta be it. Or are they talking Jonathan Allen here? You got a few different guys. Yeah. I mean, any of them would be an upgrade for the Broncos. Oh, big time. So I, I would not hate that depending on what the Broncos have to give up. But I mean, the other part of it is then you got to give them a big contract too. And Broncos weren't willing to give their own guy a big contract that just left this offseason. So I'm a little leery about that. They just signed Zach Allen to a decent contract. I I don't know cap-wise. I mean, I know you can make it work. You always can. Mm -hmm. But I I have a hard time seeing that one happen. Yeah, Kevin, you'll have to let us know which one. Deron Payne, uh, Jonathan Allen. Chase Young has been in the rumors a lot recently as well. I mean, God, if Chase Young's available... Call, uh, sign me up. I'd be interested in making that call too. So uh, Washington really, they have really good uh, front seven uh, defensive talent. And if some of those guys are available, eh, maybe pick up the phone and see at least what it would cost. Uh, the nose guard must be talking about uh, Deron Payne in that, in that regard. We got our guy, Troy coming in here, Troy double dipping today. Troy gave a super chat this morning. Now he's in here Tuesday evenings. Thanks so much, Troy. He says, Hey guys, I'll have to listen later, but have a great show. Uh, do you do digs for Sutton and a third without a doubt in the yep. world? That trade is <laughs> yes. Yes. You do that trade without a doubt. Yeah. I, I can't see the bills being on board with this idea. Uh, you know, I love Sutton. I've been a huge Sutton fan for the Broncos for the last few years, even with his injury, but Stefan Diggs, you're talking about a top five receiver in the NFL. And, you know, somebody I was listening to earlier this week, they were talking about him and said, oh, yeah, he's kind of on his downhill side of his career. He had four, over 1,400 yards last year, 11 touchdowns, 100, yeah. over 100 receptions. If that's the downhill part of his career, sign me up for that. Yeah. And, you know, I I do worry a little bit of some of the rumors coming out that he's not happy with the offensive system wants to be a bigger part of designing it throughout the week, you know, those kind of things. I can't see Sean Payton being very happy about that idea and yeah. pretty much doing the like, Hey, we'll get you the ball when we want to get you the ball. Now, if he signs Steph, if they trade for Stefan Dix, I'm sure Sean Payton's like, okay, how do we get this guy involved? He would be right there in the Michael Thomas role for, for the Denver Broncos. So uh, yeah. he'd get def- plenty of balls thrown his direction, but uh, I, again, I just can't see the bills letting him go for anything less than some kind of first round talent back. Yeah. I mean, maybe it would take a uh, second and third, but you guys have to remember Broncos were shopping Sutton pretty good around the combine a little bit after that as well, leading up to the draft. And this, it started off with like, Oh, we'd take a second for him. Ah, oh, maybe we'll take a third for him. It's day three pick. I mean, God. So, I mean, obviously Sutton is low value right now. Uh, I think you're buying low or selling low in that regard. Uh, but uh, Diggs is probably worth the late first. I mean, look what Devonta Adams got and Diggs is not as good as Adams. But I don't think he's quite as old either. So you're probably talking about a top 40 pick for him. Uh, Sutton's value is probably a early fourth right now. So a early fourth and a third for Diggs. I, th- I think that uh, the bills would hang up the phone very quickly on you yeah. in that, uh, in that offer. Right. And that's, I want to say that's more about my perception of Diggs than it is Sutton. I think Sutton will end up working his way out and being pretty, pretty good this season, contributing to the team. But Diggs is a very damn good receiver. Well, and the other part of this, I was just looking it up. Cortland Sutton, I think, has a a base salary of fourteen million this year. Hmm. So that that would mean the Bills would be taking that kind of money on. Where Stefan Diggs, 
his is less than two million that the Broncos would have to take on for a cap hit. Now, next year, it'd be over eighteen million. So they'd have to figure out. I mean, they'd re- be able to rework his deal because he wouldn't have any more guaranteed money at that point. But still, you're talking about a about a thirteen million dollar swing there in cap hit, on top of you're getting a lesser player and only a third round pick. So that's why, again, I, I'm saying that the Bills hang up on the phone on that. Yeah. I, I love Sutton, and I think he is undervalued right now. I think he can have a breakout season, especially with Sean Payton here, to really highlight his abilities. I don't think last year they did a great job of highlighting what he's good at, but until he proves it on the field, until he really shows he's back to that 2019 kind of ability, every team's going to be looking at him saying, eh, that's a good number three, maybe a low-end number two wide receiver in the NFL. Yep. I think mid-ranking number two, low and number two right now is where I have him. But, you know, he's uh, not really performed the last couple seasons and hasn't been the same coming off that injury. So we're all kind of waiting and seeing. Uh, Thank you so much, Troy, for the super chat. We really do appreciate that supporting uh, building the Broncos. We got Chase coming in saying BTP with the fist bump. Thank you for also supporting the Broncos there, Chase. Jesse Hillborn saying good evening, everyone. U.S. Dave's in the house. Good to see you. Got our guy, William Hayes, saying Broncos number one. There you go, Williams. Good, uh, William, good to see you. I hope you're doing well. We got David McElrath coming in saying good evening, Broncos country. Nick, Carl, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Good to see you. Ernie Mays in the house saying hello, Carl and Nick. Hello to you, Ernie. Hope you're doing well. Zach Powers in the house saying afternoon, fellas. Good evening to you. Got our guy, Michael Ronquillo, in the house with the stars always supporting the show, saying good evening, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos and buck them. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well, Michael. Appreciate you. Always supporting uh, the show. Uh, we also got William Hayes saying Darnold going to Seattle. Forgot the guy who got cut. Uh, I must have missed something. I thought Darnold was with the 49ers. Yeah. Am I? Okay. I, 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 I have a hard time seeing that he got traded already. Yeah. Forgot the guy who got cut. Well, I, Darnold's with San Francisco last I knew, but you guys can check on that. I hope you're doing well. Uh, we have uh, Bradley Conger coming in and say, have you guys gone back and done a deep dive into the first few years of coaches tenure at the saints? I th- are you asking about the coaches the Broncos have that are former saints coaches or ones who are first time saints coaches? I'm not sure what exactly what you're asking here, Bradley, uh, but you could, uh, uh, you could dig through that and, and uh, get back to us on that one. Any idea, Carl? I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure what, okay. what the question is there. Um, yeah, Bradley, if you could just kind of sum it up a little bit more. Um, obviously, the Saints did great early mm-hmm. on in Sean Payton's tenure with the the Saints. And so a lot of guys ended up getting jobs elsewhere. I mean, he's been one of the, the better coaches of helping really spring forward a lot of careers out there for, for coaches. And I think you see here with the Denver Broncos, he's got a very nice mix of older coaches that have been in the league for a long time and first-time coaches. And I think he really does like taking on some first timers that he kind of believes have something that he can work with. Now they're not going to be perfect. And so it does make me a little nervous on some of the the coaches, the Broncos brought in that there's going to be some growing pains within that. Um, But I think Sean Payton has this idea of I can cover a lot of that up just because I'm that good of a coach. Now that could be pride getting in the way, or it could just be that he just, he really is that good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be, uh, be interesting to follow uh, without a doubt we got uh, phil mclaughlin coming in always a big star giver as well good to see you phil hope you're doing well says good evening carl nick and deacon scott 
Is Broncos recent signing Frank Clark going to be an outside linebacker or a defensive end? Hashtag Buckham and hashtag MHH for life. He's going to be an outside linebacker, I guess, technically, but think of it just as edge. Uh, you know, the defensive end, he's going to be playing that outside pass rusher spot. Bradley Chubb was, what, 6'4", 275, 270? Defensive end body type, more prototype defensive end body type, but played outside linebacker as well. That's what you're going to see from Frank Clark. Are they going to be dropping him into coverage as much as they will? Randy Gregory, Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning? Probably not. He's probably going to be more of a pass rush specialist, focused at least, uh, but... Definitely think you outside linebackers, the correct terminology if you are talking Clark, but I would utilize the terminology edge instead. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and oh, okay. It looks like it wasn't it wasn't Darnold the quarterback, Aaron Donald the defensive lineman. Oh, okay. The L.A. Rams defender. So uh, I, I can't see the Rams deciding to trade off their best player and maybe the best player in the NFL right now to divisional rival in right. Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't see them doing that. You know, especially they got McVeigh back. I can't see him saying I came back. To then take a team a step back as a team, unless he's all in for Caleb Williams. <laughs> Is he willing to take an entire year of really sucking, though? I mean, I would to keep Caleb Williams in LA, but uh, that's just <laughs> me. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know, I haven't heard anything about uh, Darnold potentially being traded, uh, so it would be interesting to follow it. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, do you agree with my assessment? Uh, Frank Clark, outside linebacker by yeah. definition, but I mean. He's mostly played defensive end. Well, he's mostly played in four threes, right? So he'll he'll be an edge. It just depends on. He's going to be that outside pass rusher, depending on what scheme you are. Could be outside linebacker, defensive end, but just think of him as an edge. Yeah, he'll he'll have his hand in the dirt on some plays. Other plays, he'll be up, like I said, in that outside linebacker spot, coming off the edge. Uh, he he did decent for the Chiefs, actually, even dropping back into coverage a little bit last year, and the limited opportunities that he was given for that. So I think they'll use him a little bit that way. Not a whole lot. You don't want him going backwards 
a whole lot. I mean, most of these mm-hmm. edge guys, you don't want them going backwards. So, uh, like I said last week, decent signing for the Broncos. Not my favorite player by any means, but listening to, uh, I think somebody sent me something about uh, uh, Ngakwe. He's wanting mm-hmm. like $9 million a year. So I'm starting to understand a little bit more of why maybe the Broncos went with Frank Clark. I, I would guess that the Broncos called a bunch of those guys and said, hey, this is the price. This is what we're willing to pay. And whoever calls us back first, you get the deal. And I'm sure Frank Clark was that guy that called. It's kind of like when the Broncos signed to keep to leap. I remember they mm-hmm. took that same offer to DRC, uh, Do- Dominic Rogers Camardi, if you remember. He was with the Broncos before. Contract ended, and they said, hey, here's a deal we're willing to offer you. He said, I'm not taking that. And they said, okay, call the keep to leave right after that. He said, oh, yeah, I'll take it. And then DRC called back like the next day, and I was like, you know what? I've changed my mind. And they're going, sorry, we already signed our guy. You snooze, yeah. you lose. You know, you don't got time to wait in this when we're hitting free agency. And, uh, I mean, obviously it worked out great for the Broncos. I love yeah. DRC. I, I, His ability to get down the field with his size, speed, he wasn't a great tackler. I'm going to say the Super Bowl haunts me with him, but uh, yeah. yeah. But still, did a lot of good for the Broncos in his little time that he was with the Broncos. But again, a keep to leave on a whole nother level, possibly Hall of Fame kind of guy. Uh, obviously, changed the dynamic of the, the locker room for the better for those couple of years. Yeah. That it, I mean, God, one of the defining players of an era and a franchise, honestly, with that run that they had there. So love Akeem Tlaib. Also love him as an announcer. He is so good as an announcer. Um, so hopefully he can, you know, continue on that path. But I think he's got a good future there. Darren Kendall, I recognize that name. Hey, Dad, happy belated Father's Day. The super sticker <laughs> coming in. Thank you so much. <laughs> we appreciate that, getting the ball rolling. Uh, and uh, I will see you in about uh, 26 hours. Larry No Filter coming in saying, I don't think there are enough footballs to go around. Four good receivers, a couple of tight ends, and we're supposed to be a run first team. They probably, there's going to probably be some pecking order that's going to have to be figured out just yet. I will contest a little bit saying four good receivers. I don't know if we do have four good receivers, uh, but uh, in theory, it seems like a lot of question marks uh, to me. But uh, yeah, that does not seem like there's going to be a high, highly prolific passing game. And with that comes not as many opportunities. Somebody maybe gets their feelings hurt. Maybe somebody's traded off. Maybe it's spread evenly. Maybe the targets really uh, saturate to one or two guys and the rest of them kind of just have to be figuring out a new spot going forward. It's how the target share is distributed, who becomes the main go-to guys, what roles these pass catches are in this season. Probably one of the most interesting storylines that we're going to continue to follow through training camp and probably the first four to six weeks of the regular season. So I have a question for you. Somebody asked me this earlier of uh, after mini camp is finally over now, any thoughts of what I've heard about the team and stuff. And I think something that's kind of stuck out to me with Sean Payton is some of the players that he has highlighted in his interview processes. You know, he's Greg Dulcich talking about him being the, the Joker player on the offense. Uh, Albert Okawebanam was another one that he really kind of took a long time answer uh, talking about what he could be bringing to the team. And mm-hmm. it's kind of those guys that were a lot of fringe players last year that could, they have athleticism to be good, but they have not become good in the NFL. Yeah. Do you read anything into that of him? Maybe just trying to motivate those guys. You know, he, he's kind of that psychological quarter coach out there that just really wants to get to the minds of guys and see what he can do to, to push them to that next level. 
I think Sean Payton's done this long enough that he's a little bit of a uh, BSer on the stand and you can follow him and take it, take his word for it or not. I'm, I'm very much a seeing is believing kind of guy. So talking about Dulcich topping, talking about Albert Okwebenam, I don't know if you recall about uh, a year ago, we spent half of a press conference talking about PJ Locke, who didn't do much at that point, you know, like good for him or, or a year ago, one of the big standouts of a mandatory minicamp that had a lot of comments was a uh, Michael Ojemudia who didn't end up, I mean, didn't even stick on the roster. So yeah. I'm not taking too much on the comments right now. Yes. It's uh, pertinent information, but how much value is in that information and what they're saying, I'm not placing very much on it until I actually see it with my own eyeballs against uh, real competition. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I, I just thinking of, of those kind of guys again, great athleticism could be something in the NFL. Uh, you know, you're, you're starting to see, I think football is one of the few sports where you don't have to play the game since you were like five years old to be great at it. Yeah. You can just be a great athlete and find a way to make it in the NFL. We've seen that with plenty of players. Sean Payton's worked with a couple tight ends that have just been great athletes that came into the NFL's basketball players and he turned them into highlight real tight ends. And, and so I think, you know, when I hear those kind of things, it just more for me, especially when he was talking about Albert, Albert Oak Pretty much he was saying that of this guy's a great athlete. He can run down the field. He's fast. He's big. Now we just got to see if we can maximize that ability to actually play on the football field. Yeah. And so again, when I hear those kind of things, I think it's just that extra oomph of, Hey, we want to see something from you. Like we want you to be something, but you got to go out there and earn this obviously. And the other thing with Albert Okwebenam, you know, best case, he's probably tight end too. Like that's mm-hmm. the best case, you know, tight end two has to damn well do block. Well, yes, but uh, play special teams. Oh, good point. Yeah. So uh, that's a question mark as well. And that rule, I mean, it's non-negotiable for me. And I think it's probably non-negotiable for Sean Payton. I mean, damn, if he has Patrick Sertan working out there and fielding punts, uh, no doubt tight end two better damn well play some special teams out there. So we'll be interesting to follow that again. Want to see it with my own eyes uh, again Four good receivers too. I mean, who are the four Mims hasn't played in the NFL yet. Uh, so wait and see on that one. Tim Patrick's coming off an injury. Cortland Sutton. We spent the first beginning of the show saying he was a, what'd you say? Low end two, high end three. Is that good? I mean, he has been good. Not recently though. Uh, and Jerry Judy towards the end of the season last year was good. So I think the, the pecking order, how this all shakes is going to be unbelievably fascinating to follow. And one of the things I'm most intrigued by watching to, to start the season, just for like, the chemistry with Russell Wilson, what roles these guys are to play in, uh, deployed in, and just what the distribution looks like. Yeah. And then you got KJ Hamler as well. Yep. That again, he's had his moments of showing some brightness in the NFL, mm-hmm. but hasn't over fully lived up to it because of injuries. Yep. And so you could say that about pretty much every one of those good receivers, they've all had their injuries. Now they've all had moments of looking like they were on their way, ascending into decent, wide receiver area. I mean, Cortland Sutton before his injury was a low end number one in the NFL. I would say he was right there on that edge of getting into the top 20. If he took just a little bit more step before that injury, like I said, Jerry Judy, he's had times looking like a true number one wide receiver and then he'll completely disappear the next week. So he's just that, that consistency is such a big part of what makes the great players great in the NFL. Yeah. So going to be fascinating to follow. Uh, I heard Brendan Johnson was also an interesting player um, in Broncos uh, mandatory mini camp. So 
will be fun to follow and see what happens. We got our guy Colby C. Collier coming in here with the support. Thank you so much, Colby. Hope you're doing well. We got Zach Power saying, how many linebackers do the Broncos keep? Four, maybe. We see him loaded at linebacker almost as much as wide receiver. Stroud is gone, I'm assuming, right? Circling back. It's going to come down to special teams. Stroud has actually been a pretty good special teams player for the Broncos here the last few seasons. Somebody that they've highlighted as being a solid special teams player. So it's going to be interesting to see if they only keep four or five. I mean, it could come down to four with Jonas Griffith uh, getting the boot off the roster you know, it's certainly possible he profiles better with, you know, the height, weight, speed compared to Stranod, but Stranod is out there getting it done in the third phase that for your fourth linebacker spot. That's the decision. I mean, it's really, if you're the fourth linebacker, it's going to come to probably down to the third phase. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And Sean Payton talked about this earlier of that, <clears throat> are they going to keep three quarterbacks? You know, that, that's a roster spot right there. Are they willing to chance it that Russell Wilson can stay healthy? Um, I I couldn't really tell which way he was leaning on that because there is that third quarterback exception that you can get an extra player on your active roster and still have that third player or that third quarterback be able to come in, even if he's not one of the 46 picked. Is that right? Yeah. And so there's some, some numbers games right there. I would love to see him keep five if they're all healthy going into the season, because I do like Jonas Griffith and I think he could actually become another special teams guy as well. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of what he was brought in for at first originally, you know, athletic guy that could maybe become a a starter, but we at least can depend on him for special teams to be a good player. And then like I said, Stranod, he's actually proved it on the field. So you don't really want to get rid of that. Broncos have shown a huge emphasis towards special teams this off season, other than kicker, <laughs> you know, well, uh, I think they're, they're saying McManus did not do good enough last year for the price to, to have the spot, especially at his salary. Mm-hmm. But obviously now you're kind of in that purgatory of looking through every kicker that's been cut by some other team. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you're going to actually get better at that spot, but otherwise, I mean, they've really worked to find guys that, you know, through the draft, uh, through, uh, through the off season that can really help on that special teams area. Yeah, it will be fascinating to follow and see what that looks like uh, for this team and how that roster battle plays out. I mean, training camp, preseason, those are when it's, I think, really fun to kind of get to those some uh, some of those deep uh, deep guys on the roster. Harold Jean comes in and Brandon Johnson will turn out to be nothing again. Yeah, he didn't have much. He got injured last season, like right before the season started, right? And uh, then they brought him back. So we'll see that uh, fifth, sixth wide receiver spot between, you know, Kendall Hinton, Brandon Johnson, and... Uh, uh, Jalen Virgil will be interesting. Probably again, <laughs> if you're that far down the depth chart, probably comes down to special teams, but uh, will be interesting. I mean, Marco West Call- Callaway, also another guy out there. So some depth, uh, pretty fun to talk about those back end position battles with some of those guys will be a lot of fun to follow. Facebook user, howdy men go Broncos. Thanks for all you guys do keep up the good work. Thank you so much. I don't know about good work, but we're definitely keeping up the work, appreciate <laughs> up and talking about uh, work being done. Let me see. Do you see that on there? Maybe if I can make this full screen mm-hmm. for you guys. There we go. So we had uh, today's topic of the show was uh, Good Morning Football recently put the AFC teams in tiers. 
and uh, they did the four different tiers here. Tier one being the big dogs, essentially Super Bowl favorites slash, you know, real contenders. Uh, they had hovering, which is on that next tier team that, you know, if they made the playoffs and got hot, it wouldn't be shocking. They had a tier three of to be determined. And uh, they had a tier four, which was the worst of the worst uh, saying shock the world. So a little bit more of a, a nicer PC way uh, to say it, you know, shock the world rather than, you know, dead in the water or something like that. So uh, Broncos were the last team in the AFC uh, that they ranked in. Carl, I got to ask if I tossed this out there. Did you watch it yet? Yeah, I did. You did. Okay. Cause I was going to quiz you on where you'd think these, some of these are. So let's just go through it first before we play it for the Broncos, uh, the Kansas city chiefs. We don't have to waste too much time on this. They are not only the big dog in the AFC, but they're probably the big dog in the NFL. Uh, without a doubt, everybody's chasing them right now. It's uh, frustrating. You know, as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are there, it's probably going to continue to be the case. Broncos haven't beat them since week two, 2015 chiefs are the big dogs. Yeah, it's rough. And David saying, bro, how are the Broncos even relevant? Well, <laughs> decades and decades of being a very good team with a very passionate fan base and uh, not too far removed from a Super Bowl champion also. So uh, relevant. But what do you think about the uh, the Chiefs being a big dog? Do you even have anything to add? I mean, it's pretty self-evident. Yeah. I mean, as much as I'd love to put them in any other tier, you just can't do it. Team that's won two Super Bowls in the last four years. Yeah. Been right there in the AFC championship game each of those years. One of the top coaches, top quarterback, maybe best tight end in football, decent defense. I, you know, it stinks that they can lose a guy like Tyree Kill and still be just as good, if not better. It just that just proves again that they have such a great structure, especially around Patrick Mahomes. It's kind of like Peyton Manning when he was with the the Colts, and and even with the Broncos. Like it didn't matter who else you put around them, they're going to be successful just because you got that guy. Yeah, very frustrating. They're the big dogs. I'm curious to see what life for the Chiefs looks like after Andy Reid retires. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing that will happen. I mean, Travis Kelsey is also approaching the the area where he should fall off. I mean, things happen. You know, tight ends can play for a while. So his game has never really been, you know, explosive athleticism. So he probably will hang around and be solid still for a bit, unfortunately. But uh, they're big dogs, uh, without a doubt. The Chargers, uh, they, good morning football, placed the Chargers in hovering tier two. I think that's exactly right. Uh, obviously, Justin Herbert. I'm a, a big uh, Justin Herbert fan, unfortunately, but uh, he still has to prove it that he can get it done in the big moments consistently. And team just seems pretty top heavy. I don't really trust the depth. And I mean, we were a lot of conversation of Brandon Staley being fired, so I can't put them in the big dogs right now. They got to prove that they can get it done. So they're tier two hovering. That's where good morning football has them. I got no disagreement with that. Uh, I'm with you there. Again, I, th they might have the worst coach in the AFC West. That, that might be the one thing that's actually holding oh, them man. back. Josh McDaniels, though. I know, but still, Brandon Staley with having, I would say, a top seven quarterback, mm -hmm. having great wide receivers, offensive line has been pretty well retooled, some decent players on defense, and still struggling to even get into the playoffs most years. And yeah. I, I just look at that and I say there's been a lot of times where I've seen them lose games because of coaching decisions. So I, I just look at that and I, I'm not saying Josh McDaniels would be doing better with them. Okay. I guess I, I'd put Staley at that number three, but I think there's really a huge drop off between Andy Reed, Sean Payton, then way down here is the next two guys. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Brandon Staley is a tier three to be determined still uh, for me, but uh, the team itself tier two hovering uh, next, they went on to the Raiders and they got Leonard Fournette here on the far right of the screen. And he 
had the Raiders. Uh, he, he wanted to put them more in the to be determined, but everybody else overruled him and said, nope, this is a shock the world team. Raiders are dreadful. Uh, they got a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, just questions surrounding Josh McDaniels and the rest of the team, you know, copy cut paste of whatever was going on in Denver, the Jay Cutler stuff uh, going on in Oak or Las Vegas right now. Uh, that's a team that, I mean, the defense is pretty trash outside of uh, Max Crosby. Offensive line is still pretty, a pretty big question mark. So shock the world for the Raiders. They are probably one of the worst three teams in the AFC West in my book. And that's where good morning football has them as well. When they are having conversations about having Tom Brady come out of retirement to save the team, that's not a good place to be. No, you know, Jimmy G, they don't even know if he's going to be ready for week one and for an injury prone quarterback to already have questions of, can he play that that's not good. And they, no. they don't have a whole lot behind him to, to come in as a quarterback. You know, they, they have some great players. I mean, some really top tier players with Devonte Adams, like you said, Max Crosby is another one, Josh Jacobs, one of the top five running backs in football right now. And so they have some really, really good players, but then the rest of the roster is just so bottom tier. And like I said, Josh McDaniels, <laughs> I always kind of wonder, like if he could, if he went to the Chiefs right now, would he destroy the Chiefs? I mean, Patrick Mahomes would be traded in like two weeks, but uh, but still, like I just wonder if he had that kind of roster, what what would he do as a coach? And I'm guessing it would still be a really bad situation where they would implode pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't think he handles personalities very well. So uh, probably would be bad. And I don't think Mahomes would be out. I think Josh McDaniels would be <laughs> out with the, such a guy as established as that. Uh, we got uh, Jasmine coming in saying, hey, guys. Hey to you, Jasmine. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate you. And Zach with the comment that I just hope the Raiders are not bad enough to draft one of the top two quarterbacks <laughs> next year. Yeah, that's uh, that would be very unfortunate. It sounds like there was some interest for them. Didn't they try to? There's a lot of confirmed rumors that they tried to trade up to number one as well. So Raiders are definitely in the, and that was after bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe. So uh, definitely a team that is in the quarterback market. So it'll be f interesting to follow this off season. We got our next off season. We got Rudy coming in saying, yo, yo, back to back. Yo's coming in from Rudy there. Appreciate you, Rudy. And now we got the Broncos. I'm coming here and let's just, let's listen to what good morning football has to say about ranking the Broncos here. Either tier one, big dogs, tier two, hovering tier three, to be determined or tier four shock the world. Thank you one. Let's wrap up the AFC yep. West with these guys. I love to start with that one. Okay. <laughs> Big Dogs is out. Mm. Hovering is out. Hovering is out. We arrive at the same thing yes. with the Raiders, to be determined or shock the world. Lenny's already asking for it <laughs> over at shock the world. It was a terrible season last year, but there's been so much change. You can't you can't put those guys down there and not put the Broncos with yes, them. Yes, I can. They got Sean Payton now. Um, what do you think? I'm waiting, I'm waiting to see what he's going with. I'm going to shock the world. Got to. I'm going to shock the world. Everybody <laughs> agrees. Lenny with a strong opinion over there. Before I handed it, he was reaching like, for it. On. All right, guys, that's it. Yeah. That's the AFC West. We that's got it. one here. So, yeah, Kyle Brandt, actually, you know, the guy who uh, a lot of people think is a big-time Broncos hater there. I guess he still does end up going with the Broncos being in the shock the world category. But he, he kind of was leaning to to be determined. Uh, but Leonard uh, Fournette and another one of his hosts uh, was pushing him more to the shock the world category. But I disagree. Um, and I'll give you the floor here. But they have the Broncos ranked as the worst uh, tiered, one of the worst tiers of the AFC teams. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. Broncos have not been good for a long time. They've had, I think, one of the bottom five records over the last five years when you're combined for the last five years. Yeah. And 
but obviously got the Sean Payton factor. I mean, one of the, I think what they do, they ranked the the coaches not too long ago on one of the main football pages. And I think he came in like fourth or fifth. And when you've got that in place, we've talked about it before. What do you have to have to have a successful organization? Great ownership, which Broncos have shown they have an ownership that's not afraid to spend. Doesn't mean it's going to be great, but they're at least willing to put out the money. You got to have a great coach. Broncos check on that part. Quarterback. Like if you have those three pieces, you're going to have a pretty successful team almost every single year. And Russell Wilson, this is where the the whole picture really begins to take, take form. Is he what he was last year? Like, is he on the really downhill part of his career? Or is he what he was the five years before that? And I can't say either way right now. You know, I do think, I do think the coaching staff last year did a horrible job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think I said last week, I've only heard one player from the Broncos or ex player from last year that was at least with the team talk highly of him. Everybody else has pretty much been like, yeah, it was kind of a madhouse. And like the media that were there on a daily basis were like, yeah, this was, this was bad. <laughs> like we've never seen a more unprofessional setup than what there was last year for the Broncos. And so I, I do think that played into Russell Wilson having some failure. I don't think he'll be what he was five years ago where he was easily a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. But I also see a quarterback that, I mean, we've seen pictures of him. We've seen interviews with him. Lost a lot of weight. So I think they pretty much told him, hey, you're you're going to be that quarterback that runs around a little bit like you were before. We need you to lose some weight. We need you to not be this bulky, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, turtle sitting back there. You know, just we saw he, he was getting chased down by 300-pound defensive linemen. That shouldn't be happening for a guy his size. And, uh, and so I do think he'll have a nice resurgence, you know, maybe get there to the like – 27 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Those are pretty good numbers. I mean, I if, if he could do yeah. that, I, I would be very, very happy. And I think if he can do that, the team wins and makes it to the playoffs. That would be good. And we got a lot of comments in here. Broncos will shock the NFL world and make the playoffs, have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, hopefully they're good next year. Uh, we have a question coming in from Phil saying, oh, wait, David also saying the Broncos will shock the world just like the Nuggets did. We were making the playoffs this year. Sean Payton is a game changer. Absolutely he is. Uh, Phil McLaughlin saying, is Josh Jacobs a possibility he signed with the Raiders? He has not signed his franchise tag yet. Uh, I know that uh, Saquon Barkley has not either. Uh, So we'll keep following that. Is he a possibility? I mean, I don't know exactly how it works at this point. Could he still be traded or would they rescind it and he becomes a free agent? I don't know. You would sign and trade. It would be a sign and trade. Okay. So probably not happening uh, with the Broncos. If he hit free agency, then for sure things could happen. Uh, but I don't think the Raiders are going to be trading, especially Josh McDaniels are going to be trading anybody uh, to the Broncos, especially after, I guess there was a little bit of a contentiousness uh, with Jarrett Stidham, right? And uh, the Raiders wanted him back and he chose the Broncos. So probably some uh, hurt feelings there with the coaching and front office as well for the Broncos and the Raiders. Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I, you don't see, especially star players traded within the division very often. If, can you think of a time? TJ Hawkinson went from the Vikings to the, the Lions to the Vikings. He's not a star, but he's a <laughs> okay. Uh, I can't think of many. He's a star in your eyes. Yeah, exactly. And I can't think of many trades where that's happened. 
So, so yeah, not it would be to somebody else. And and I can't see really the Broncos wanting to spend that big. I mean, if you're going to spend big at running back instead of trading for one, why don't you just go sign Dalvin Cook? Yeah. You know, I, I think you're going to, you're not going to get quite the production because I think Josh Jacobs is a better overall running back at this point and younger, obviously. So you got a few more years of, of good play in, in him. Healthy. Um, but still, you've got Javante Williams, who you're hoping can really come back and be a good player for you. You got mm-hmm. P. Ryan as your number two. He's a very solid number two. So there's still a couple other running backs on the list. I, I could see a few other positions the Broncos are willing to trade for or willing to pay big for still to bring to this roster. I think they're going to hit more of the more um, premier positions compared to yeah. running back. Yeah, it will be, if he's available next year, maybe we can have a conversation that would change things. But right now, the, in the immediacy, I just can't see it. But crazy things happen. Talk about crazy things. World first coming in here saying, told you all the Illuminati, Illuminati, what football team is owned by the former Secretary of State and the entire Walmart family. Well, if the Illuminati can open Russell Wilson's third eye so he can make better <laughs> reads over the middle of the field, then uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> appreciate the comment coming in here. Jan- uh Appreciate the super coming in. Also, Jasmine, 999, saying Russ has been great for nine years and was bad for only one year in a new system. Why do we keep hanging this over his head? Is it his age? It's his age. It's how quickly he fell off. And also, unfortunately, I don't think it's only one year. There were signs special signs before this uh, as well that it was starting to go now. A lot of people are like, oh, he had his thumb injured, but he wasn't even playing that well before that thumb injury last year in Seattle. And also, I mean, we've talked about it on here as well where the NFL game has gone over the last three years, specifically defenses really hurt uh, what Russell Wilson does well. So those types of the type of spacing that you used to have vertically where Russell Wilson was a layup or three point shooter kind of guy, right? He was not really working the intermediate or the middle of the field. Well, now teams are playing much more canopy uh, umbrella coverage on the back end, not letting things go over the top. And if you are totally focusing on taking away the deep stuff, Russell Wilson doesn't have many other clubs in his bag from a uh, from an explosive uh, perspective. I mean, he hasn't been very good with yak guys. It's mostly been vertical kind of stuff. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things there. But uh, hopefully it can be better this season uh, overall with Sean Payton, hopefully maximizing what he does best. Yeah, he, he's always been this quarterback that, like you said, he needs a certain defensive scheme to be successful, like to, to go against at least. And with Seattle, one of the great things they had since he's been there is a great running game. And he's always had a coach that's been focused on having the running game be the focus. So teams really want to crowd the box. And, and I think a lot of teams started getting to the point where they're like, okay, we'll give up the run. We're just not going to let Russell Wilson beat us over the top with big plays. And so they'd allow them to kind of dink and dunk with the, the run game down the field. And eventually you're going to stop it. And you know, it's the same thing that Seattle kind of did to the Broncos in the Super Bowl. I hate to talk about that game, but they kind of dared the Broncos to run in that game. Mm-hmm. They said, we're just not going to let Peyton Manning beat us. We're going to cover all this area out here, middle of the field right here for the run game. Boom, you could run up the middle if you want. And Broncos just didn't do it. Um, part of that was the coaching, that they didn't call the plays. But it's hard when you've got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time that's coming off of one of the greatest seasons of all time. Like, you want to use that player chiefs ran into this with Patrick Mahomes as well against the, the Tampa Bay bucks. Like he was injured. Both of your tackles are out and the bucks pretty much said, we're going to stop the, the pass. We're going to dare you to run. And uh, so for, 
for the Broncos. They've got to force teams to really respect this run game. Now, they did a great job of rebuilding this offensive line to be able to say, yes, we're going to be a power running team. We're going to move people down the field. Obviously, you got P. Ryan, who's a very power running back. Javante Williams, guys that can run downhill. And they're going to try to force teams to go to a cover one coverage that really then you can use the play action to feature Russell Wilson. But you've got to force teams to actually believe you're going to do it. Yep. Yeah, I think that was a big emphasis for the team this season. Uh, heavier personnel to dictate more cover one and cover three from opposing defenses, hopefully more base packages, but even if not base, you know, heavy nickel and then forcing teams into cover one or cover three. And that's when you can hit them over the top of some of those vertical shots. It's freaking hard uh, to do it against cover four and cover six. They they're giving you the middle field. They're giving you the intermediate stuff, but Russ has struggled with that. Uh, so going to be interesting to follow. Also, I think the lack of uh because of how much of his game has been predicated on the home run ball, uh, he has in his career, especially in Seattle, utilized his legs to keep the offense uh, on target or on rhythm, right? You know, pick up a first, oh, the big play's not there. Okay, I'm going to escape, use my athleticism, pick up a first down. Didn't see that talk that much last season. He just did not have the same uh, separation abilities. So it'll be interesting. I'm, again, fascinating team to follow this season. Maybe the Broncos are in the, uh, the category that uh, Good Morning Fo- Football put them in as the uh, – shock the world, but a uh, fascinating team without a doubt. One of the more yeah. interesting teams to follow this year, 69 skater, Mike wild rift coming in saying, been listening to the pod for a year on Spotify. Now my first comment on the YouTube page. Well, thanks so much. 69 yeah. skater, Mike uh, says, Buckham, Bucky too. 69. We appreciate <laughs> you coming in and saying, hello, hope you're doing well. And I uh, hope you're doing pretty darn good. Uh, yeah. Tim Durr coming in saying Stefan Diggs rumors are laughable. Yeah. Not sure what's going on there, but he's a pretty darn good receiver. So it'll be fun to see. Uh, what happens with him and Carlos, we start to wrap, wrap on up the show here before getting on out. Uh, personally, I think you'll probably agree with me on this. I don't have the Broncos in the shock. The world one I'm in the, what was it? The to be determined or interesting yeah. team. Just there's so many factors and they didn't even get into it. And we've talked about it on here before, but the injury luck the Broncos had last season and the one score game luck that they had last season. Let's say everything else is the same even the same coaching staff, most of the same players, you know, that kind of thing. I think the Broncos probably win two, two and a half more games. If you just have normalized luck in the injury department and the one score game department, and that puts them at what seven wins. That's not yeah. great by any means, but considering <laughs> nothing, I mean, we should see better than that with uh, Sean Payton here and the emphasis is they made in uh, free agency. So I don't think people are putting enough credence in the volatility uh, that is, the injury luck and the one score games that again should normalize this season and hopefully put the Broncos somewhere closer to the middle of the bell curve. Yeah. I'm with you there. I mean, anytime you add a coach, that's a top five coach in football. You can't say that they're going to shock the world in my opinion, because those guys are culture changers. You know, Andy Reid going to the chiefs that changed their entire culture. Now they didn't win a super bowl. Do what? They sucked before that. I mean, I was, they team that was number one a few years before that. They were terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I was at the, the Broncos Chiefs game with Todd Haley where he got into Josh McDaniel's face and was like pointing at him and just like, cause he ran up the score mm-hmm. and there was some, some thoughts that Josh McDaniels had gotten some plays in advance or something like that. I mean, cause obviously he was videotaping practices uh, when we saw that over overseas with the 49ers, but um, but even beyond that, like that was the chiefs before Andy Reed got there. And all of a sudden he made them playoff contenders, even before Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you, you went, he took Alex Smith and took him from 
first round bust to pretty decent quarterback, top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And obviously now taking Patrick Mahomes and taking him to the top of, of quarterback tiers. But, but yeah, again, you get a coach in there that can really change everything. Bill Belichick's another one changed everything for the Patriots. Um, I'm trying to think of which other Tomlin. I mean, he took over a great Steelers team, mm -hmm. but he's kept them relevant through everything that they've gone through. You know, Big Ben with his injuries there later on in his career. They were still making the playoffs. They're still having winning records, even with that. Um, I'm trying to think who else I'd put up there. Anybody else you'd, you'd stick? In the top coaching? I mean, Sean yeah. they came to the Rams and they immediately were damn good. Uh, yeah. Granted, it's his first head coaching gig, but that doesn't make him not a damn good coach. Uh, so that's another one that stands out to me Pete as Carroll. well. Yeah, the, definitely a culture changer. So, I mean, yeah, those coaches really matter. It should be a huge difference for the Broncos this year, just to getting the little things right. Gary Palmer making sure to get the little things right as we close on out here, saying, I came in late, guys, so I'll watch it later. Well, you know what? Come in late, come in early. $9.99, we'll take it. Thank you so much, Gary. We really appreciate that. I uh, hope you're doing well. And the comment here, I saw this one. I wanted to get into it. Tony Warren. Looking at the positive side, and I like that, says, look how well Russ played the last two games. He played better in the last two games, uh, without a doubt. I did go to uh, check out his advanced stats um, over the last two games and out of uh, quarterbacks that with at least uh, 20 snaps over the last two games, he came in as the 17th quarterback out of about 40. So, you know, right around league average and was about the same with EPA per play. So he played league average now, granted, two-game sample size not condemning him for it and not, you know, getting over the top about it either. So uh, something to watch, but definitely looked a little bit better out there. And Isaiah stacks coming in and saying Kyle Shanahan as well. I thought about Kyle Shanahan his the fact that he hasn't won the big game yet. I didn't list him, but he's definitely another one that uh, deserves the, the shout out. And, and his, his teams have been so up and down, you know, it's either that they're a top I mean, tier team or they are like picking top five. His quarterback injury luck has been, well, yeah, that, that, that too. <laughs> Yeah. So remember Nick Mullins? God, I'm so glad we don't have people calling to sign him anymore. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, we'll be interesting uh, to follow. But uh, we also got Dylan Von Ark saying, I love the stash, Nick. Stash is around for a, a short time, but a good time until uh, Natalie gets back from her uh, trip in Italy. But she'll be back soon. So, Carl, uh, we're at 47 minutes now. Any final thoughts before we wrap on it up and take it on home? Yeah, I, I just... Like I said, I, I'm with you there. I think they really are in that two to be, be determined category. Yeah. Uh, they've changed the the three biggest components that I get talked about: ownership, coach, quarterback. In the last couple of years, so all those guys are getting used to each other. They're all figuring out how to make this work. And I, I think if you can, if they can get all on the same page, this thing could become really successful really quickly. Yeah. I mean, Sean Payton did it with the the Saints. They went from the Aints to the Saints very quickly. Once he got into the building, they were wearing brown paper bags. At least us Bronco fans have never had to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there were a couple of times when the play clock was going down and the fans were having to count it out loud for, for Hackett to get the play in and get it off on time. Uh, there's probably some times we were thinking about wearing those brown paper bags, uh, but he's, he is, he's one of those coaches that can turn things around quickly because he has a, a, a system in place that does well to, to maximize a quarterback, to maximize the playmakers around him. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I'm excited to see how big of a bump this gives Russell Wilson compared to last season. I, I really do think that it's going to be a, a, a pretty decent sized one 
just because Hackett, he was just way over his head. There's so many things that you're just sitting there going, what in the world? Like, how do you go from having one of the most successful offenses with the, with the Packers and then you come here and you can't even get a play call in? wasn't the dude (laughs) obviously so it will be interesting to follow god there was one point that you made that i wanted to touch on maybe it'll come back to me um jasmine coming in saying oh did i click that did you click that there you go yeah okay jasmine coming in saying do you guys think sean payton's scheme will play into russ's strengths sean payton much like what we saw just over the last two seasons with Andy reed has reinvented himself based on what's available in league trends right now so Whatever Sean Payton's scheme is, I do believe he will put Russ in the best position to succeed, but he is going to put a lot on Russ's plate as well, uh, from option routes to pre-snap reads, that uh, things that were struggles last season. And guess what? If Russ struggles with what Sean Payton is asking of him, Russ isn't going to be here for too long. So we'll be interesting to follow that. But I do think that he will put Russell Wilson in a position to succeed. Anything beyond that will depend on Russ himself and the uh player talent around him yeah Uh, we've seen that he's been willing to switch up his scheme depending on you know who his quarterback is obviously he had drew Brees for a long long time which makes life pretty easy but he also set up a system great to work with him Jameis winston when he had his few starts with him uh back there and it was at 2021 he was looking pretty darn good as a quarterback and you saw a, a real change in the offense. It wasn't any more of these quick timing, short routes. He all of a sudden started going more to the intermediate and deep routes with, with Jameis Winston. And it just shows, okay, I see that this guy, this is what he wants to do. This is where he feels most comfortable. And I think you're going to see Sean Payton willing to do a lot of the same with Russell Wilson. Yeah. Will be interesting. And I thought of what I was going to say. Another coach that uh, has been a program builder that's done pretty darn well, uh, John Harbaugh. Another one that's uh, probably worth a shout out as well. So, uh, all right, guys. Well, that's going to have to do it for us today. We appreciate everybody coming in. Uh, hopefully, everybody had a great Tuesday. If you have any other questions for us, hit Carl and I up on Twitter. Uh, we are on Twitter a good bit, uh, so myself specifically. So, if you have anything on here that we did not get to, seriously, DM us. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we will answer that to the best of our ability. Make sure you're following Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler, MHH, and I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you guys are following us at BTB underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, please subscribe to the channel over on YouTube, like this show, like this episode, and share the channel on your social media platforms. We really would appreciate that. I hope you guys are doing well. And we got Isaiah Stacks coming in saying, who do you credit for the Bengals? I credit... uh, a young nucleus coming together at the exact right time with the most important position as well. I do think that uh, their coach, the LaFleur does deserve um, so not, who's their coach. God, it's names esca- escaping me right now. I want to say Callahan, but I think it's their offensive coordinator. Um, we should know their coach, but I think it's really a lot of a, a good young core coming together Zach at Taylor. the exact right time. Zach Taylor. That's correct. Yeah. Um, coming together at the right time. I mean, T Higgins, Jamar chase, Tyler Boyd, uh, Joe Burrow and defense that has stayed relatively healthy as well, which you cannot uh, overlook. So that's, I think, I mean, probably comes mostly down to the quarterback, but also just, you know, hitting a lot of picks uh, in a row in a short time that can really, you know, build a core and uh, propel a team. Yeah. Like I said, Joe Burrow, anytime you can get a top five quarterback on your roster, that, that is 
that is bigger than the coach, bigger than the ownership, in my opinion. Um, it's kind of like I said, Peyton Manning. He's always the the cream of the crop for me. I, I always say he's still the best quarterback that's ever played, more so than than Tom Brady. Even um, it didn't matter who his coach was; he was going to take the team to to the playoffs. He was worth ten wins just by himself, easily. And Joe Burrow, he's one of those guys that fits into that category. There's about two or three quarterbacks that you could argue fall within that category. You know, obviously Patrick Mahomes. I would say Joe Burrow's right there. I'm not sure about Josh Allen. I go back and forth on him because he, he's he's kind of up and down with his game. Um, he has his times where he can cost the team, I would say. And so yeah. I'm not sure. Jalen Hurts obviously had a great season last year, but I need to see more consistency of him doing it year in, year out. Mm-hmm. And he was surrounded by an incredible team around him. Can he do it when he doesn't have that much talent? Who knows? Uh, we'll be interesting uh, to follow. But uh, Isaiah, thanks for you got the last second in there. I wanted, did want to shout out the Bengals as well. They're a pretty darn good team. And uh, guys, that's going to do it for Carl and I today. Uh, make sure you guys continue to use kindness and compassion. Carl, any final words? No, just no? excited to get to the, obviously to training camp here in about a, a month. Should be kicking off. And uh, hopefully you guys can get outside a little bit, get a little, get a little sun like I did, maybe put on a little more sunscreen than I did. But uh, get out there, get some hikes in, as Nick always likes to go out and do. And, uh, and you know, just enjoy the, the good old summertime. You know, it's always great to get out there, get some vitamin D from the sun, yeah. get some time with family, get out there camping, all those kind of things. Always recommend getting out there into nature. Getting outside, unplugging a little bit. Uh, but we're going to have to unplug here. Appreciate everybody coming in. Have a great rest of your day. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.